Hey there, After Buzzers. Welcome and get ready because we're gonna we got a great show here for you today with the Prophet here on AfterBuzz TV, and people are calling already. Stay tuned. Here we go. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV, and now let the buzz begin. Yale! Hello, hello, hello. Yes, welcome to After Buzz TV and The Prophet with Marcus Lamonas, our after show breakdown. We're doing uh, today episodes 16 and 17, so very excited to break this down for you. I'm Chris Howard. You can reach out to me. I'm actually doing, I just did my first Snapchat, um, I think. Um, <laughs> so you can reach out to me at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram. You can also reach me at uh, Chris Howard. Jeez, what is it? It's legendarylivingdaily.com uh, and legendarylivingtv.com. Here's the ladies over here to my left is the one, the only. Miss Naina Drake. Hey, everybody. Uh, hey, guys. Hello. Hello. Um, and you guys can find me on all social media, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Periscope, and everything after that, not at Naina Drake. Um, and then my website is nainadrake.com. She's so well organized. Mm -hmm. Yes. She's well organized. I'm going to need to take some uh, tutorials <laughs> yes. from Naina here because I'm not as social media savvy, although I'm getting there. You can reach me. I'm your host, co host, Katerina Kazayas. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram, available to you at Katerina Kazayas. Katerina? You, you Katerina. tripped over the I can T. Say, I can, you know, it's. Katerina, Katerina, Katerina. I mean, it depends how ethnic you want to get. Okay, all right, all right. Oh, we can get creative. I didn't hear any difference between them, but... Oh, interesting. <laughs> all right, well, just call me Kat. I must not be an Eskimo. Okay, anyway, <laughs> um, let's uh, let's break down these episodes. We yeah. are in episode number 16. This is Coda mm -hmm. Longboards. Yeah, yes. so uh, Longboards. Had you ladies ever heard of uh, Longboards before? I've heard of them. Huh? Um, I've... I've been a skateboard rider, but I haven't rode a longboard before, so it was a little different, but yeah, yeah similar concept. I hadn't heard of longboards before. What I um, what I have heard of is snowboards. Snowboards. I'm Canadian. Yes. Uh, so a board is a board, a skateboard, of course. A. But uh, longboards, no. Eh? I haven't a. heard of them. <laughs> you haven't heard of longboards? No, so eh? I found this an interesting oh, I, episode. I, I, I went British. I went British when I was trying ooh, to do Canadian. You're, anyway. You're jealous of my ethnicity. That's it. That's yeah. right. <laughs> okay, so you haven't heard of longboards. I'm calling you um, Chris Howard Akis. Chris Howard Akis. There you go. There you go. That's a there Greek thing, right? That's a little Greek last uh, name for you. A little Greek name. <laughs> um, so, so you said you were saying something about uh, longboards, snowboards. Yeah. Um, you know, all of these are you know cool sports to do. But no, longboards were unfamiliar to me before this episode. Right. So I, I've seen them. A, a cruiser. It's like more of a where skateboards like can a do beach like more cruiser. tricks. Yeah. They're more of a cruiser. It's like having like a like a BMX bike versus a, a cruiser bike. bike. Uh -huh. You know, right. like it's it's same functionality right. just a different vibe so like, we mostly see like the we would mostly see like the BMX things and then all of a sudden it's like a, in relationship to be, I'm thinking of beach cruisers like they got those yeah, yeah, cool with beach the cruisers in the front. that they run out of the sand I yeah. mean they're not exact but just just similar if you're assimilating them to like a bicycle ride I was doing like, the best another, I could another another yeah. <laughs> no, that's right no no it's absolutely right uh, absolutely right yeah, uh, yeah. they're a little bit more chill yeah you know people kind of yeah, I'm sure if we go down to Venice Beach we'll see them there I've seen a, I've yeah, seen a few of you. them a couple mm -hmm. of times but yeah uh, but they're more expensive, so that's probably why we don't see as many huh. because they right. are more. They go to different they beaches than us. They can be. I should say that they can. Yeah, they can be more expensive than point. a skateboard. Interesting. Some skateboards right. are very expensive. Like when you get into customizing all the different elements of it, like. When I first bought my first skateboard, like I had to get the How cheap, many of you cheap had? boy. I had three. 
Okay. Three skateboards. Really? Cool. You look like a boarder. Yeah. When I was younger, I did. Yeah. My older brother played. Uh, he rode a skateboard, so that's what got me into skateboarding. Mm-hmm. I did with my. You know, he had to take me with him where he went. The little sister syndrome, yes, and he hated. But I wanted to do the fun sports stuff that he did, and so. I got a skateboard. That's how I started skateboarding. Yeah, I miss it too. There you go. I just don't want to fall off and hurt myself now. I feel like I'm. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe a little you're past, past it. You're past your prime. You're past your skateboarding prime. Moving to LA, low key, like kind of got me back in the vibe. Like I, I really want to. I want to get a new skateboard. So honestly, maybe you should not get a, a Coda longboard. Huh? Maybe not a Coda longboard. Who knows? So when you look at these Coda longboards, uh, but Mike was making them. Um, now Coda was uh, that is an acronym for Knights of the Air. So he was a uh, jet, a jet fighter pilot. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of cool, yeah. huh? So he brought I, that? Mm-hmm. He brought that in, and, and it's nice to be able to take your passion and work it towards a new passion later in life. Did yeah. you did you see the infusion of that in other places other than the name, the jet fighting? Uh, the design. Some of the design? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was pretty cool. I where, mean, where, How did you see it evidenced inside the skateboards? Because I didn't quite pick that up. I was looking for it in, in certain places. Was it in the, in the actual... Uh, the actual art, art drawings work? and artwork, or yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I mean, because the same design of the board itself is is consistent, but when it came to designing the colors and the specific artwork that was on the boards, right. that was where he put his you know his spin and on it. And you actually saw yeah. a lot of his um, like of that sort of paraphernalia in his office right. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were a lot of Top Gun looking photos. His Navy oh, yeah. hoodie on. Yeah. And all that <laughs> stuff. I mean and he the, represented You can well. see he had a passion for it. And yeah. the design of the boards was really cool. I liked it. Very you know, well not, made. Beautiful. Yeah. They were very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. very beautiful. They, uh, now the price point was too high. Right? Uh, 300 plus. Nobody's plus. paying that, or yeah. unless you just want it as like a novelty thing or something cool to say that you have. It's more of an investment as an art piece versus a functionality of a right. sports. Well, you know what? Piece. What I found interesting was the fact that he couldn't pinpoint his demographic when Marcus first asked him. He said, "Well, between thirty between and 30. 70. seventy, like who has <laughs> That's a demographic like between thirty no. and seventy? Yeah. Like, who's, who's your, your who's audience? Your you know, well, from everybody. thirty to seventy. Okay. No, Every, yeah. no marketing person in business well, is ever going to create a demographic." Demographic window of, 40, of thirty to seventy. Like, forty years. Where did he get that from? Well, and that's probably no. It just why shows his, that he wasn't a marketing person. That's the problem. Yeah, 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 exactly. He had a great product, but it was, it, but that was the whole issue: was knowing who he was selling it to mm-hmm. and what price point they'd actually purchase at. So he uh, he seemed to be off base, and he brought up uh, at one point um, the uh, the. He's, he talked about the art of war. He says right, kind of like the goes, art of war: go where your go enemies where aren't. Come yeah. on, well, anybody <laughs> in business. The can you, you guys, well, I think Mark you guys is going to jump off his chair when he heard that. He was just like, "Oh my!" You can't see our faces, but you can totally hear us. And you heard that that moment of silence. We were all like, "What foolishness <laughs> school did you go to?" Because when you think about it, if McDonald's wants to build a new restaurant in the neighborhood, where are they going to set up? Right across, right across from, from Taco Burger Bell King. or Burger King. Yeah, or, yeah. Like, who in the world comes up with this strategy's new? Go where nobody wants to go. That's it. (laughs) Do you really want to sell anything? No, you don't, because you're not thinking. Like that's ridiculous. But that's. I mean, it's it's interesting because yeah, he hadn't given it any thought. What? Well, he gave it a little thought. He's like, we want to market everybody else. We want to market to everybody who doesn't buy. Is what he said. That's essentially what he said. We want to market to everybody that doesn't buy. To give Mike some credit, though, I mean, he did know that he had he had to raise the price. Um, or, or sorry, he had to raise uh, or expand the demographic 
age range to to justify the price point. To, right, but it still didn't justify his... They're trying to justify the unjustifiable. Right. Said, said, you know, a 55-year-old can pay $350. Well, right. so how many 55-year-olds so are longboarding? Let's sell it to them. <laughs> but they're, no. they're afraid of breaking their hips, so right. nobody's going to so buy the damn longboard yeah. there, mister. <laughs> like... Uh, duh. But you know, it's uh, you, you. One of you just mentioned that you thought Mike's ego got in the way, and to, you it know, did. we're kind of laughing a little bit here. It's easy to uh, backseat drive, but I, I thought so too. Where did where, where did you think his ego got? In the he way? thought he knew everything. First of yeah. all, coming up with a quote unquote strategy because I just can't think of another word for it right now. <laughs> but there was no strategy. This You're feeling this, feisty today. This this un calculated method of trying to create a whole new business market with no sort of and research long, or anything remind, that made sense. Rem, yeah. Remind me how long they had been in business for? Did they mention uh, that? Since three years. Yeah, they three were on years. their third years because when, when uh, Marcus and, and the husband and wife team were going over the numbers, mm -hmm. the, they were in there. They were actually in their third year. Oh, okay. So it was like you're three years in and you're... You haven't turned a profit. Right. right. And most of the employees had the been there, what, the nine, months? nine months? Nine turnover months turnover yeah. immediately. And mm -hmm. in the five weeks that Marcus came into the situation, they all had had a hundred percent turnover again. So again, like, yeah, have every seat so in the room. What's Mike up and with whatever that? his yeah, Mike. Yeah, he was just horrible. Yeah. So well, well, let's take a look at that. So um, when Marcus first came in, he goes to the manufacturing plant. He mm -hmm. takes a look as he does at the people and the process, and then he goes into the books. Yes. Um, what uh, what y'all notice in that conversation that stands out to you? <laughs> so. There's a couple things. Yeah. Starting with the employees of Josh. Josh invested yeah. fifty thousand dollars. He was an investor right. and an employee, and he was working for free. So mm -hmm. Josh is working in the facilities. He's working for free <laughs> mm -hmm. as an investor. As like, an investor, Marcus was like, "Where did you find this guy? How come I didn't get to him first? Right. <laughs> By the way, I had people like that that would help along the way too. That, 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 that similar, were just as passionate. That were so passionate about what you were doing that mm -hmm. they wanted to, you know, they but wanted to jump in, in and but do but it. If but if you're not going to invest capital into a project, become an equity owner in essence. You can still reserve the right to pull out a salary for yourself. Well, yes, if, but they weren't making I mean, anything. Yeah. Nobody was if getting it was there a salary. To pull. There was nothing to pull. <laughs> right. That's the, yeah, that was the issue. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that what, what I thought was interesting is when they sat down and had the conversation about Marcus investing. Yeah. Um, Mike mentioned that he had put in a half a million dollars, right? Right. Mike was like, yeah, he's like, so they were calculating, so where's all the, you know, the revenue, the investments, and the, you know, the <laughs> loss coming from? Yeah. And Mike is like, well, I put in, uh, you know, half a million, blah, blah, whatever. And then the next day, we fast forward, and Marcus is like, so did anything change since I was here, since our conversation yesterday? <laughs> Overnight, he clarified the fact that his investment had only been twenty thousand dollars in, in his in his like magical from the five hundred thousand in his had, magical imagination again right. of pulling numbers and calculations out of nowhere. He came up with this figure to validate the fact that one he hadn't taken a profit, two that his intellectual property of creating the longboards and design and the company itself was worth this half a million dollars. Now, how much of yeah. that? Um, I won't call it a lie per se, but how much of that? Um, you can call it a yeah. story. Yeah. How much, how how much of that story here. do you think he, he, Mike was feeding himself all this time? Um, all of it. Yeah, no, well, hold on a second. Okay, so you want to keep it real. Katarina, what are your real <laughs> thoughts? Keep it real. Real thoughts. What do you think oh about my that? Gosh. About okay. the fuzzy accounting there? <laughs> <laughs> 
It was fuzzy accounting. I think he was well aware of what he was doing, but I think he would also go home at night and say, you know, I'm doing it for the right reasons and not be aware enough to realize. So he was justifying it. He was justifying it to self, I believe. He made up some reason to believe it. Right. And it was good enough for him. Yeah. So first of all, Michael was a bad business person. That's one. Okay. Two, he was not justifying anything because he was a bad person when it came to dealing with other people. It well, was he wasn't a good manager. He yeah. was. He, it was a horrible manager. Mm-hmm. Yes, he had come up with a great product and a great design, but that was all that was there. Even and, his wife was embarrassed. And I agree with you because if you have good management, whether or not a company goes into a down uh, downward spiral or right. not, if you've got the right management in place, you can usually retain your staff. So he was. So the fact that they were also losing staff, the attrition was happening so quickly. And remember, uh, he said is, he said at some point, speaking, you know, the attrition, all that stuff mm-hmm. was a result. I agree with both of you that it was a result of the mismanagement of things. But his real skill wasn't the management; no. it was the design. No, it was horrible. And, that was and, the magic. But that again, was, that's yeah. where ego comes into play right. because if you recognize that that is where your strength lies, then hire an operating but manager. But he was too right. he right? was too right. caught up in, in or the control. Yeah. Can, he was controlling. Mm-hmm. He was you know inefficient. He was not good with math. He was not good with people. He just needed. Did you like anything about him? No, he needed. Um, I think, I think <laughs> no, I needed. He, he needed, needed a whole he needed staff a team, but he also needed someone to move him to the side mm. and actually position the company in a way Take for charge. it to grow. Because right. unfortunately, mm-hmm. he was running it through the ground. There was mm. nothing there of value except for the quality of the product. Which is, I mean, which is something to say though, because the quality of the product is, uh, I mean, it's essential. It's one of the staple pieces of what needs to be there. Yeah. It's just that if the ego gets in the way of having the other staple pieces, that's when we have the problem. And clearly Marcus saw enough potential in the product right. to say, yeah. hey, these other two, and the people, mm-hmm. and the people. He, yeah, he yeah. did like the people, although mm-hmm. the people, half the people weren't there anymore in yeah, short order. Up, right? <laughs> and you know what I liked? Right. You know what I, was, what I was concerned about in watching the episode was yeah. that as people were falling off, whether they were going to get an opportunity to explain as to why they decided to leave the company in the first place. Right. Because we see that happen sometimes in the show, and we don't always get full clarification mm-hmm. as to why they left or not. We don't and always so, get full clarification of that in the work environment when right, it happens right. in the oh, we absolutely don't. Like, Hello, <laughs> Hello, oh, three people disappeared. Right. What for? Oh, they're no, gone. No, we never <laughs> get that. But I think Michael? it was yeah. great. Oh. Yeah, it was really, really, really <laughs> great you. that Marcus called the meeting, and he not only had the business owners there, but he had the employees that decided to step away, hmm. and he gave an open, safe space to have that conversation right. and explain to everyone as to why things weren't working. And hmm. when things came out, there was a con- you know a consistent. <laughs> issue with Mike as the manager and it all came down to him not caring about people and being selfish and his ego getting right, in the so way. Yeah, we saw that too. Also, where, where were you going to go? Oh no, go ahead. Because I was going to bring up the uh, the deal structure. I was going to say and what, the was, renegotiation. what was the, what was the yeah. offer that you know, Marcus So the pitched. offer was what? Marcus was going to come in at uh, 300000 300, for 40%. For 40%. And 40%, that 40%, he was taking out of his own percentage an additional 15%. Which so he was, was going to give. Yeah. He was going to give to three of the other top main managers who were helping create the Two managers the and, and uh, Josh. And Josh. And Josh. Right, who had, who had invested. So yeah. of the 300000 50000 was going to go back to Josh. And so he was going to pay get Josh off. Yes. So he, even though he paid 50000 of his own money into the corporation, he was working for free, he was going to give him that money back, back so that all things could be created equal. Yep. 
Yeah. And in addition to that, Sandy and uh, Chris, who mm-hmm. were the other two managers at the business, they were going to get 5%. Not right. any money, so to speak, but they were just going to get 5%. So they that, had an equity it, stake. Yeah, yeah. And Marcus to motivate that, them to give them some incentive. Yeah, to which, right. is, which is very, yeah. very admirable and made great business sense and mm-hmm. just personal sense in dealing with the with the staff. But it was and it wasn't it wasn't like Marcus was taking it out of Mike's equity. He right. was taking that forty percent out of his forty percent that he was, you know, investing and I thought that was really dope of him. Well and, yeah. and Mike originally upon hearing this thought that it was a fair deal and he shook on it. Right. And but then, you saw his face though, Mike he never yeah. believed Marcus. Now what do you think though? Do you think that Mike was more upset by the fact that he was giving up 40% equity or by the fact that his employees were going to be the partakers of 15% of that? Which there, part do you think? All of the more? above. All of the above. In addition, yeah. in addition. He seemed was, to be really tweaked out about the employees. In addition, that, it was ego too. And yeah. it was it was, it was was him, and I don't know if anybody else caught yeah. this, but. We may not be as sharp as you, but we'll no, see. But no, like, watch, <laughs> let, me, let me explain. Go, what, go. What was happening. So what did you see? So it wasn't just, this is when Marcus, and they were all standing in the factory. Yeah. And Marcus made the announcement that they shook hands on the okay. deal, and he was breaking down oh. to, empl- to the employees. And what none the next of the employees were happy. Well, is that they, what you're going to say? They, you know, they were. They were subtly happy, okay. but this is where I feel like was like the low-key underlying issue that right. Mike had. Yeah. Mike saw this as Marcus taking control over the business. And he shook hands and he agreed upon it at the table and was like, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. But when they were all standing against, you know, with their right. employees in the factory, yeah. Mike saw that as like shade you know, like, oh, my, my employees won. They don't trust me. They don't respect right. me. And not only do they not trust and respect me, but they're going to trust and respect Marcus. Yeah, because Marcus he's is going to be the white knight. Right. right. He's well, coming in to save the day. Did you, did you see I did, that? I did to see yeah, that. There yeah, there was a little bit of that. Yeah, I but see, a little bit of that. I thought, I actually thought, why did Marcus, here's what popped into my head. Why did he give the 15% from his side? Like, he made an effort to say it that way. Because I think he was trying than, to be fair, as fair as he could to Mike. Without pulling the rug out from under him. But why didn't he let Mike save face and be the hero? Because you know what he knew. This is this is what I love about Marcus. Marcus, hey yeah. Marcus, hey. Hey um, Marcus, hey. 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 Um, he hey. he is a great judge of character, right? Yeah. Marcus can spot a shady person a mile away, and this was a test. Marcus didn't so do it because he had to. So you reckon that he was already picking up red flags? Money. He was yeah. already picking up red flags oh, about yeah. the character, and he wanted to. And, 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 you know, that could be very much the case, because I agree with you. He is a very good judge of character. And he, um, in terms of the employees, he may have very well also, not just a test toward uh, Mike, but he could be, have been saying, hey, I get the pain you've been feeling and we're going to relieve it. Um, mm-hmm. So he might have created that differentiation between him and Mike purposefully uh, in order for them to know that there was really going to be a change. Well, I don't think Marcus had the intention of making Mike look bad. I want to clarify right. that. I don't think he did it no, to I make Mike look bad. Yeah. I think what he was doing was once again putting his business, you know, experience into play and his psychology <laughs> that he <laughs> does so well, Marcus, um, by allowing the situation to kind of fold out. And he he knew that Mike's ego was very sensitive. Right. 
And so for him to come to the table and say, well, I, I know this is what you should do as an owner and as a manager, and I'm expecting you to do this, as opposed to him having that conversation at all, right. Marcus stepped up to the plate and was like, you know what, we're not even going to waste time with that because I want to move forward this and grow this business. Like, and this is, this is what it should and be. And he did, and, and that was the, the point of it. Yeah, like, Katarina, what, did you, what yeah. did you think about the, uh, just to, to get to the point, what did you think about sure. the renegotiation that Mike tried to uh, pull off? Yeah. So the renegotiation effort was dismal, only yeah. because they ended up at the same place they started. So Mike just ended up looking like a sore loser, like a bit of a sourpuss. They went through all of this. He he angered and grieved and disappointed Marcus. Right. Only to come back to the original deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was silly. If I was Marcus, I would have walked away at that point. I thought yeah. it was interesting. I would have left. See, I, I like Marcus' strategy at this point yeah. when he says, uh, okay, so you're saying that you don't want the employees to have 15%, especially, mm-hmm. and we just found out that Chris had left. So Chris right. uh, Chris had been, uh, was he fired or did he quit? No, he, I think no, he, he quit. No, he quit. Everybody yeah. quit. Yeah. yeah, everybody quit. So Chris had left. Yeah. Uh, and we just found that out. So Marcus says, I'll tell you what, you don't want the employees to have 15%, so now I want more. Huh. Right. Well, well, he was going to take that five, that five that was he, remaining. Yeah. And Marcus take it was back like, in. I, because, because he was it. investing. Yeah. And, and, and it, it came out of Marcus's 40%. It was right. It was right. And it was making up for the fact that we've got some people leaving and stuff. So I get what Marcus was saying. You're going to change the sure. deal. I'm going to change the deal. Right. So yep. you only get yep. it. Right. You know, you're still going to give up the 40. Right. But, but then you know, Mike stepped up somewhere. and was yeah. like, "Well, I want, I want that five percent, boy, bye." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> instead of being, I agree with Get you. Here instead with of being grateful, yeah. Right. It's a, thank you for still being right. here to work right. with me, even I though I'm a, a hot yes. mess. She's right. Although, I mean, you can look at. There's so many different ways to look at it, and you, and from the business owner standpoint too. If you know, because I just as the moment you said the the grateful, I remembered mm-hmm. uh, my last business where I, I went in with my uh, business partner who was the investor, mm-hmm. and I was feeling gratitude, so grateful, and he ended up putting fifteen thousand dollars. Was like my, you know, I had it oh. for ten years, put a very little amount in. Uh-huh. I just said it. You'll get it if you got it right. for and for thirty percent of the company as we were launching and it was everything sure. that was going on and um, and he said to me when he put it in he's like I, I only wish that or he says my hope is that someday you regret that you gave away so uh, so much for so little mm-hmm. and I thought well I'm never going to re- regret right, it I'm so grateful so cool. I was right. so taken okay. aback by that and? Um, and later on it would prove to be my initial hmm. assumption I, I can't say I was I regret that but uh, I learned some things that mm-hmm. uh, would transform that the nature of my thought about that, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, you got to be switched on also so as a business what, owner. So what do you, you know? What, how, how you don't want to give away too much or be say, too how, grateful how for too little upfront yeah. either. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how um, important is keeping your equity ownership? Oh, I think it's everything. To you. Yeah, keeping yeah. equity is like uh, key. Power. Yeah, like even if you look at uh, Rupert Murdoch's uh, the News Corporation, mm-hmm. he owns less than thirty percent, but he uh, he still has controlling interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Bill Gates owns less yeah. than 30% of Microsoft, you know, but yeah. he's still got uh, a lot. So the people that have had great fortunes have held on to as much equity as long as possible right. in the game, but there's times that you give it away. There's mm-hmm. times that you do things like that. And so I think it's really hugely important from, uh, you know, from a business owner expe- uh, perspective. And I also understand why somebody would want to bring in a partner. Hmm. But, uh, there's, there's a lots of complications that come in there too, and uh, uh, anytime you do a partnership yeah, deal, yeah, right? why would you want to give yeah. away thirty percent and not knowing what they're going to put in yet? The only ones winning yeah. that, the only ones winning there are the attorneys. <laughs> yeah, although I'm, you know, we're seeing on these television shows like this, like The Profit, as well yeah. as Shark Tank, is to mm-hmm. see that companies that have gone from a quarter of a million up to six yeah. million, up to eight million, and it's like, okay, so the the alliance is pulling its weight, right? And, and you, you do, know. I mean, for companies to grow, you do need capital, you do need investment, right? 
Um, and if you reach a point where you're looking for partnership, it's probably because you need the financial support. Right. Yeah. Probably. The financial support, right. and it can help you to get a major leap yeah. forward, right. like you know, like it did with these guys. What do you, you think about uh, Rob Deerdick being brought in? What, uh, I love Rob. I love like, Rob. I, hey, Rob. Hey, Rob. Hey, Rob. We love ridiculousness. That's I want to go to the Fantasy Factory. One of my to-dos on my checklist yeah. of being in L.A. is going to the Fantasy Factory and huh? jumping in the bin uh, <laughs> and skateboarding at the Fantasy Factory. I love the fact that Marcus knows the exact partners to bring in not yeah. just for advice. But this makes for good TV yeah. too, right? right. But, but do you think Marcus advice? really knew this guy or do you think Marcus exactly. is no, the producers? No, the producers knew, but the producers knew, but I'm sure they knew of each other. They're they're right. both great businessmen and I and don't it's think a team, it was it's teamwork, however it came together. I yeah, like to see Marcus yeah. on the skateboard though. Yeah. Like yeah. The longboard. <laughs> Rob was a great business perspective to bring on the show not just because I mean like I said skateboarding and longboarding are relative right but so he's a former Dierdick, skateboarding champion yeah uh, host of ridiculousness he's an entrepreneur he's major, got a lot of entrepreneur. major entrepreneur like yeah. he's he is the man in the skateboarding world when it comes to a business side of things and so Rob knew exactly what to do he told him his price point was off he told him that his demographic yeah, was off yeah he shut off. Mike down right. didn't he and, and yeah. Rob, Rob kind of um, parroted exactly what exactly Marcus, what had, Marcus said. had said exactly what Marcus had said and, and this was coming from a credible source that I think Marcus hoped Mike would find credible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because Which, Mike again, was Mike didn't really. Yeah. Did you guys, but did you guys notice? He wasn't that Mike, open to listening. To I think much. he was excited, but he, his ego was in the way. He right. wouldn't show it Mike too much. But didn't yeah. smile in this episode. Mike did not smile until he was sitting in front of Rob. Right. If you go back and watch it again, mm. Mike was straight face mafia. Very observant today. Right. He was yeah. straight face <laughs> mafia the whole episode yeah. up until he was sitting in front of Rob Deerdick, and then he started to smile and explain the brand and product and things like that. But I thought Rob had some great points. I think he was the perfect person to ask as far as advice for you know this specific industry and they walked away with great information and, and ways to move forward so that Marcus didn't have well, to continue to, fighting yeah. he knew the market he knew right. the market yeah, yeah. and uh, you know as we think about the market the information mm-hmm, ways to move mm-hmm, forward mm-hmm. one of the ways you can move forward with us is to go to iTunes Katarina tell them how they can find us on so iTunes so you can Are find you? us at, on <laughs> iTunes uh, you can After Buzz TV thank you After yep. Buzz TV The Profit The Profit or you can find us on social media via the Twitter or the hashtag handle, which is also hashtag the profit. Yeah, and so you, uh, by all means, we want to engage you in the conversation too. So I want to get more uh, of yes. your engagement. Hit so us let up. us know. Let us know if you're a longboard fan or a skateboard fan or a snowboarder. Or I don't let do, us know. Where the hell snowboarding that, come into I gotta, the mix? I got to plug my Canadianism. Hey, uh, eh? come on. It's weird because <laughs> one day you're Canadian, one day you're Greek. I don't know what the. <laughs> you know, you, you got to keep a little. You're you got to keep a lot of razzle dazzle. She just got razzle dazzle. Whatever she wants, whatever she got it all. But no, we would like to hear from you. So hit us up if you're in. To boarding. Yes, and say hello. Let us know if you have any insights or insights that we've missed out on here. We can't catch it all. We need your mm. brain, the global brain awakened. So right. let us know if you have insights, understandings, things that you think that really stood out in the episode that we've missed. Mm-hmm. So do engage with us. Uh, iTunes, you can do it intravenously, <laughs> or you can do it uh, also leave uh, some uh, messages you in your comments YouTube. under YouTube. Yeah, right. under the videos. So when we uh, so l- let's look at uh, in the end. Mm-hmm. As they pulled the, as they looked at the whole business, what do you think were the greatest impacts that Marcus was able to make in that mm-hmm. business? 
Give me like two or three that you think, boy, that was that made an impact. I, I will I will say this. I think one of the key things that changed that was the major changing and turning point for the business was um, when Marcus, Marcus evaluated his pricing strategy. Hmm. And what he said yes. was the cost plus marketing and what Mike was initially using as a way to price brilliant. out the yeah. product hmm. versus what he called, which is the term market minus strategy, where, right. where Mike should have come into the market because he had a specialty product coming into the market right under what your competitors are pricing mm-hmm. your product at and taking some of their clientele from them. And to right. just interject you for know, those that yeah. may, you know, yeah. that, that may yeah. not remember the numbers, yeah. they originally had this long board priced at over 200, or I'm sorry, $350. 300. And they subsequently decided to price it at about 199 Which was, was more in the range of yeah. what Marcus looked at as being the market, which mm-hmm. would be, what, 9 to 14-year-olds, right. so I think you, you said? And you could be competitive that way. Yes, yeah. but not only that, it was a matter of Mike coming up with numbers that just didn't have any... It, they weren't making sense. They pulled he, out of the ethers, yeah. yeah. And, and, and as, as easy as it was for him to stand there, as soon as Marcus was asking him, like, okay, so what can we get the wheels down mm-hmm. to? What can we get the wood down to? Mm-hmm. He literally cut all those in half. And I it was, thought that it was, was neat. And, 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 so yeah, why, that why neat, just that he didn't know what was right. happening. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. It so, was, it was and they, they cut him, That's what I thought was interesting, how they was able to get the cost, because we had to get, mm-hmm. in order to do this, because the boards were sold at, what, 349 in that range? Right. Yeah. In order to get them into a market uh, realm that they would actually sell, mm-hmm. we had to bring them the down volume. to the $199 price point. Right. In order to get them to the $199 price point, we had to make them for less than $100. So or at 100 cuz that's what the, right they came up 100. to $100. Yeah, which was fascinating, but they I mean, who knows how, what order they came because we heard it thrown out 100 and then they were able to come to that number. Mm-hmm. Who knows if that happened in that order right. from a real uh, realistic uh, or in reality is what I meant to say. <laughs> but you know, again, um, though, when you, ha- I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, so what blew me away was that they were able to get to that number 100 mm-hmm. by, uh, it seemed to me, was there anything other than buying in bulk the parts? No, it was just Mike being greedy. What can we get these down to Everything. if we buy in bulk? But what was greed involved in that? Where he was pretty much just trying to overmark uh, up, up, charge everything. Well, no, because his original no, cost wasn't getting was a much better, higher. He didn't have a better margin, though. He was still yeah. paying... His margins were better with Marcus's number, but when it came down to him, like, trying to beat... This is this is what he was trying to do. As a, When I say greed, I mean this. As opposed to selling your product for $199, which is in the market range of what right. it should have been cost at, he was trying to sell it for 3 something. You're saying he didn't See, give a shit? Wouldn't, he wouldn't just wanted to price it there? He I, just, yeah, he just no. came up with the number, and he wanted... He, he was doing it based off of what but, his but materials were. But I disagree were. with you, because I don't think it was greed I think it was business and experience and I think this is part of what happens to a lot of small businesses which is why 80% of small businesses go out of business (laughs) the first few years because he just had no business savvy he wasn't business savvy he was passionate about long boards right but that doesn't the passion doesn't always translate into the ability to grow incredible a execution right. and business and, and this experience is exactly yeah, what we I saw agree with your here. last point but back to him as, as easy as it was want, for him well, to stand there. He wanted a 65% there. margin. Right, Which but as easy as it was fair. for him to stand there, mm-hmm. it wasn't even, it was, yes, he had lack of business knowledge. Right. Agree with that, totally. But as easy as it was for him to I like ask, how you say but. But, 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 but as <laughs> easy as it, it was from him and, for him to answer Marcus's questions, mm-hmm. and Marcus was confused. So he was like, so we just went over these numbers, and it's obvious that you could have priced the board at a lower number. Right. Why didn't you do it? Right. He was he was concerned too. So for me, I I go back to the point where like 
he it wasn't that he didn't know at all like this mm-hmm. was impossible and Marcus had to go find new vendors to get the items to create the product right. it wasn't that Mike had everything he needed as far as like the different vendors the product the, mm-hmm. the items to he create he was just making a lot of assumptions wasn't he was, he? he was assuming yeah Mm-hmm. And he was These being greedy yeah. to me and, and bad business. Well, again, he, in his head, he had a, a demographic of right. 55-year-old men. So Old he guys like me are going deal. to... Would you pay $300 no, well, I, I, I wasn't actually... I was board? being Mike for a second. He, okay. Mike, yes, I'm being Mike. And he's saying, well, old guys like me... Right. I'm an old guy too, can, Mike, can so afford, I'm not, I'm not knocking you. But old guys like me that want to ride a, a skateboard... <laughs> right, yeah. Um, we're the people that are going to buy it. And mm-hmm. because he liked the skateboards, he thought they were kind of cool. He thought there were a bunch of people like him. And a price of $100 higher than... But when you do the market research, that's just not there. As Mark Which he Dudek, had obviously or, or, never uh, done. Yeah, as Rob Dudek pointed out to him, mm-hmm. uh, he said, "I think." Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he said, "You know, I did. I, I looked out there. I researched this, and there were a sum total of a million boards that have been sold in the longboard mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. And there's only one major competitor out there doing it. But if you sold a, a million boards, and there was one, it's not a huge market. That's right. a very, very, very small, small yeah. market. You, I mean, it, you have to wonder if it's even worth competing in." Right. Uh, but uh, what I thought was brilliant was when Marcus uh, said, let's come out with two new lines. Hmm. And I knew it was coming. That's typical. Let's come out with a shorter board and then an even shorter mm-hmm. board where we've got, uh, we can spread the, uh, and, and get higher margins and the sum t- the aggregate total of the margins. Well, your pie be, gets uh, bigger good. Your too. pie gets bigger. Sure. Marcus yeah. made smart decisions, but in the end, Mike in ruined end. it and Marcus <laughs> walked away and I'm surprised, like you said earlier, I'm that Marcus didn't, didn't walk, walk away earlier. earlier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I'm surprised he didn't. He had he, a lot he of patience. Yeah. Really, he absolutely he really did. did. Yeah. Way more yeah. than I would have. I would have been like, bye Say Mike. Uh, bye Felicia. Bye Felicia. Bye Felicia. Okay, let's move on. On with that. Yes. Bye, Felicia. We're moving into All right. uh, episode vision. seventeen. Episode seventeen. Yes. So we're getting up there. We're catching up with the actual uh, vision. <laughs> where vision, we're really vision supposed to be. Lighting. We've been doing these back time. Yeah. Uh, so Vision Quest Lighting, mm-hmm. uh, their lighting manufacturer. Yes. Uh, what did you think of the lights? What did I think of the lights? Yeah. You know what? I thought they were really cool. Okay. I mean, the guy's a designer once again. So these are, mm-hmm. you know, we said that there was some thematic linkage between episodes back to back, typically. And here we see it again. We so we saw it, it with the, restaurants. Yes. Mm-hmm. We saw it with, so he's, so I like how they kind of concentrate for a little while. Maybe right. they go out and do their research okay. around that area so that they can focus and provide business, uh, 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 stuff. Careful not to talk each, over each other, our mm-hmm. producer mm-hmm. says. He was being polite because he could have said it over the thing <laughs> um, and, uh, and, like let, and let all God. our people know there what was being Talking said, over each other. Yes, yes, but uh, oh shoot! I just let everybody know. Okay. It's okay. All right. We can't talk anymore. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, bad vision. No. So uh, when you yeah, the, so the lighting. I love the lighting. So we they, we thought that they batched them and put them together. Mm-hmm. They're um, the and we see that with this one. So both of these guys were great designers. The longboard guy was a great Creative designer. people that were Creative. not good business people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing with the lighting guy. He came from a theater background. So I love the lights with that first one he showed with the spikes coming mm-hmm. out. It looked very uh, Superman. And the thing with custom design yeah. work, which we saw in both of these, but especially in the lighting episode, yeah. when you have custom designed products, you can price higher. 
And we saw that $5,000 for one of these lights. I mean, that's almost an art piece at this point. Right. $5,600, which, yeah. which surprised me. I thought it would have had a higher price tag on it. Even higher. Frankly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, mean, that for, was one of the issues with the business owner is that yeah. his pricing was off, which his was why the business yeah. was he had losing the money. Problem. Yeah. Right. The, the business was losing money because he was coming up with these numbers that didn't make sense. He was a great creative person on a business perspective, but he was not good with numbers and not a good business person. And so, same problem. Mm -hmm. Right? But. But what was good about him and totally different within these two episodes between 16 and 17 was that he was actually a good person, like a right. nice person. And he genuinely, from his heart, yeah. like his intention was good. And you could see that. That was permeating out of the, out of the uh, screen Consistent. for me. Yeah. He was a nice person. Yeah, and, and I was really just waiting was on a tear hard. to drop. I really he, was. Mm -hmm. I was just waiting on him to shed a tear in that factory because he was like a hoarder. It, it was, yeah, and he was, <laughs> it was, it, it was evidence through the fact that, I mean, he was letting people go because he couldn't pay for those people. He was... Um, it, it, he was taking this whole big burden. He was whole, carrying it on his shoulders. What mm -hmm. did you think of his argument, though, that you know he was putting the capital into inventory so that he could be proactive and ready? It's not a good no. argument. It's never a good argument. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was just like, okay, I'm gonna cut my leg off despite. You know, mm. it just didn't make sense right. at the end of the day. Like keeping the people would have made more sense, mm. as opposed yeah. to investing that money into just more stuff that sits. Yeah, yeah, because mm. that's always what it happens. It was a warehouse you know, full of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, you, I, I would love to have the inventory problem where the inventory has to catch up with the demand. That's a Absolutely. great problem to have. Yeah, that's you know, way better. Um, pent up demand is beautiful to have. But when you uh, look at him once again, he's a creative type, and so I think we get that mm. the creative types can't do it all on their own, mm -hmm. they need a support team to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, what were some uh, other challenges that you may have uh, recognized inside this one, Katerina? What do you, um, what do you, you know, for, the, for this one, it was definitely the people issue, and it was also, I questioned uh, how he decided to keep a lot of this from his wife, who was also part of the business. Yeah. That upset me a little bit because not only is this your wife, okay, she's she's doing one thing, but this is your business partner. Mm. So for her not to have understood that he put his house up as collateral, right? That's a problem. It's not. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, what do you think? But I I I agree to a certain extent, but I feel like she wasn't as active in the business as you know, like the husband and wife team. We didn't see her actively in the space or at right. the factory mm -hmm. at all. So I felt like she was more of his just wife and partner mm -hmm. as opposed to a right. business partner because yeah. it didn't make sense. She had no like valid position or whatever. Right. And if she wanted to be more active, I'm not sure where her personal situation was as far as dealing with the kids and stuff. But mm -hmm. she could have been at the office, maybe taking one of the jobs off of you know one of his other managers. And she could have been out. helping. You're helping saying out. she, no, she could have physically be... been there helping you right. know to take some of the she might have some more say yeah right. absolutely yeah. If, again, if that was my husband if it was my husband and on the surface of what we know mm -hmm. if it was my husband i would have had my butt in that office every morning every night how we getting this money honey because ain't nobody got time to be putting our house up don't play them <laughs> games no so uh biggest impact what do you think uh because we got about six minutes left here sure. before we get a uh, so what do you think you know is what, the biggest impact in this episode? you know what, what what i really noticed was when I, and and part of what i loved about this episode is they brought in pete's uh yeah, from pete's. one of the former episodes pete's Love the pete's. candy shop uh, but what i really noticed was when they brought him into pete's to do the lighting work you saw his creativity come out you mm. saw where his passion lay, and you saw the results in the work that he delivered. Yeah. So that, to me, was just a clear-cut sign of stick with what you're good at, 
figure out what you're weak in, which areas you're weak in, and find the support that you need to get through that. Yeah, beautiful. Right? You I, see it with, yeah. with great businessmen. They don't do their own tax accounting. They just don't. Yeah. They don't do their own legal work. They find the people that specialize in that, and they can stick to their specialty, which is absolutely whatever it is they choose to do. Yep. Yeah. What you think? Nah, this was it. a perfect episode of The Profit, the show. It mm. was a great example of a genuinely good at heart business owner mm. who felt like he had a great idea, great concept, great product, but he just needed to fulfill the holes in the business that he lacked. And I felt like it was a great example and a, and a good way for Marcus to bring in his, you know, one of his other, you know, investors and investment companies. That was fun to see. I and, enjoyed this yeah, episode. Yeah, it was a great, this was like the epitome of the profit because this episode he had helped, some heart. He helped his past, yeah. you know, client and then he also, client and partner, and he also brought in a new client and partner. They were able to come to terms and the humility of who the business owner was, was able to take a backseat to the big picture of making the business profitable and making it successful. And yeah. that was the beauty of this episode. And I think it was, you know, one of my favorite profit episodes. I was just waiting on a tear to drop. <laughs> tear drop. So what did you think there of it, Those are like lemon drops. Uh -huh. yeah, lemon yeah. drops what, what and sweet peats. What did you think of the cool um, gummy bear light? Oh, I love it. I love the I mean, gummy thought, bear light. The gummy bear light made me happy. Yeah, and it was you, great. you could see, I'm with you, like, you could see he was happy. He was you could happy. see, mm -hmm. you know, the... Um, His wife. Uh, yeah, the whole team was happy. They're able mm -hmm. to infuse it. And if you haven't seen the episode yet, you should watch it. They went into Sweet Pete's, which is a candy shop, mm -hmm. which is another one of Marcus's businesses that he's been turning around. And, and he did that in another episode. Mm -hmm. But they were launching the uh, opening, the grand opening yep. of Sweet Pete's, which is the, the candy store. And they brought the light. Lighting they in were there. remodeling the uh, the store a little bit, yeah. Absolutely, and they were able to bring the lighting in, and they were able to uh, to do the big grand opening with the lighting. And I think that, um, yeah, I think Marcus was absolutely necessary in terms of stepping in mm. once again because they were in a lot of trouble. Dire they, straits. You know, yeah. This guy had done a lot of lightings for. They did lighting for Ab uh, Abercrombie. How do you say it? Abercrombie and Fitch. For Chanel. For who else was he on there with? He had done Chanel, he had done Abercrombie, there was another... Uh, oh, Universal Halston. Studios. Yeah. Universal Studios, yeah, yeah, he did some lights All for commercial, some. not any retail, just all commercial right. clients. Yep. Uh, what do you think was the biggest impact that Marcus made in this episode? I think keeping the family together, honestly. Not just keeping the business together, mm -hmm. but keeping that family together because I could see them, you know, ending and ending in a very negative way if Marcus had not stepped in and brought his expertise to the table and relieved some of that stress and brought honesty to the table. Yeah. For me, it was him and Marcus pointing out where the holes lay. For example, right. you don't have the proper equipment. Yeah. Take some of the money you spent on inventory and buy the proper equipment and the savings that can result because of the equipment, the labor cost savings and the hour, the time uh, was incredible substantial yeah yeah and then also bringing in so they've got a new uh he hired out mm -hmm. so larry hired out mm -hmm. and got a new director or a new person that was in charge mm -hmm. yeah um and that seemed to make a big difference like everybody was happy that larry wasn't uh physically there yeah, yeah. physically there right. and freaking out yeah. micromanaging so he yeah he didn't yeah. have to micromanage and he wasn't acting in a reactive uh, fear-based place mm -hmm. uh from in terms of putting out fires because there was somebody there that could hold the space for yeah, everybody. And that allowed him yeah. to remain the creative one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, which uh, 
you know, I think we saw that in both episodes that if both of the owners, the business owners, mm-hmm. would have taken that approach, you'd have a, a lot better place. I think that the I think the first episode, the longboards, they would have made it happen if they could have been as open to hmm. bringing in other people and other players and and propping up the people that were really. They didn't make even it need to bring yeah. anybody in though. They yeah, had just, a just great support of who you had. They had a yeah. great Their core team. Their team was good. Hey Chris, Chris was a cutie too. Chris was awesome. Hey, Chris. Yeah, Call we me. have a date for you. <laughs> now, you know, like, you know, Chris. No, so, Chris was cute, but, but he was in Nevada. To, to that point. <laughs> There was a. They were a really good team, weren't they? He was Absolutely. sharp. Absolutely, yes. I would yes. hire all of them. All you had, all you and, had to do and was Marcus get out of their way. And Marcus tried to, and Marcus tried to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Well, so hire out for your weak spots. I think uh-huh. is the big learning the for take this away. one. Yeah. yeah. All right. And we be honest. Up. Yeah. Be honest and don't be greedy. You said yes. yes. So, uh, so share the wealth, right? Share yeah. it with the people that are building the dream. Right. All right. Want to thank you for being here with us on AfterBuzz TV. We got to pull it wraps here because Naina has another show to go do. Yeah. You can catch her on there. Uh, until next week, we'll see you same bat time, same bat channel. Except this is the AfterBuzz channel. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see, see you, you there. next week. No, no, no! Tell us where they can reach us. Oh, where can you reach us? Katarina Kazaya's Twitter and Instagram at Thank you at Naina Drake on everything and NainaDrake.com. It's not on everything. It's on everything. And you can write, reach me at Chris Howard at Chris Howard Live on Instagram and Twitter. Leave us a mo. Say hi. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.